So we'd have these long conversations and none of it was about, and I, and I thought back and I thought, I had a conversation about, okay, what's going on over here when I'm having a really shit time and I've not said anything. Yeah, you're not talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So oh, I, yeah. I, I, I called him up and was like, mate, I had a breakdown. Mm, straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a breakdown. And we never really had that conversation before the vulnerability. What do you mean he didn't know you had a breakdown? No. But no, because this is, and the, this, here's the problem, right? With mental health, nobody wants to tell anybody. And the best thing you can do is tell everybody. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You're listening to Trade Mutt's 120 Grit Podcast, the podcast for the working class, hosted by Dan Allen and Ed Ross, the co-founders of Trade Mutt. If you're a fan of Trade Mutt's 120 Grit, we'd love to hear what you think. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at admin at trademutt.com. G'day legends, just letting you know that the TX support line is now up and running. If you're a tradie, a truckie or a blue collar worker, don't let it get any harder. Text or call, this is a conversation starter on 488 If you have a family member, friend or a loved one who is a blue collar worker that may be doing it tough and you're not sure where to turn, we're here for you too. Text or call 488 Ben Ashmole is a creative director and co-founder at Connect Creative Media with a passion for telling stories, connecting people and growing businesses. Ben is also a really great mate of Trademutt and the TX Foundation, having crossed paths with Ed and I on a number of occasions and now taking the reins helping us produce this very podcast. Every time Ben comes into our office, he'll catch us just as we are taking a deep dive into another philosophical topic around mental health and Trademutt as a business. We always get carried away together in some incredibly insightful conversation and so we figured that it was only right that we record a conversation together. Hailing from Manchester, England, Ben had a crack at becoming a professional footballer. However, when his dream didn't come to fruition, a search for self and identity took Ben on a journey that many young men have experienced before him. However, Ben's openness in sharing his experiences is what sets him apart from many. This conversation takes a ride through topics from our own business, Trademark, to things like the impact of diet on our health, Ben's experience of mental health and anxiety, to what it's like to have an awesome experience through therapy with a few funny yarns about sleepwalking slipped in there as well. Hope you enjoy this yarn. Well, <laughs> it must be that time again for another episode of Trade Mutt's 120 podcast, the podcast for the working class. Better bloody believe it. I know. Unfortunately, today it's the first time we don't have a special guest. We're really strapped. So we had to get our podcast editor in the studio. I'm, I'm special, but not in the way you want. Today we are lucky enough to have the company of all-round legend Ben Ashmole. Now, Ben hails from Manchester, as I'm sure you can tell by his accent. He hasn't said much yet. He's a you know, self-proclaimed failed youth professional footballer, but he's had a crack, so I wouldn't call it a failure. And most importantly, new and very love-struck father, Ben, welcome to the studio. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Good to have the, you in, The mate. love struck's wearing off. He's been fucking... The love struck, it's too much. <laughs> take him back. Can you take yeah. him back? No, nah, they don't take returns, unfortunately. No. The start doesn't come back. Well, I mean, <coughs> the last couple of months, we've had you in our office um, through COVID, mm. which has been a welcome change. And my God, haven't we had some full-on yarns up in the office just talking all sorts of smacks so of like, we're going to stop doing these in the office and record one. So this is the beginning of it. It's yeah. about to happen. So Ben, you came in and you relieved me of the 
of the podcast editing duties, which has been an absolute godsend. Because <laughs> yeah, you were going insane. But now yeah, it's your problem. You've got, so yeah. you got so much more time now. But the the, 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 the payoff, the, the, you know, the cost is that you've got to listen to our two voices for, you know, a solid three hours every fortnight. It's, it's actually been awesome because I get to, like, really absorb all the podcasts. Like some of the most, some of the recent ones have been amazing. The last one with Dave, Dave Dave's was in, incredible. Obviously, I've just had a kid, so I was like, it really hit me. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, it was um, incredible. It was, a, yeah, it was a good one. I actually had a few good hits, uh, f- some good feedback about that. A couple of people that reckons um, it's one of the best podcasts I've listened to. Oh, but I think really. when it gets for that particular subject or for Dave's particular story, when it gets people at the right time, you know. Sometimes you just get hit right in the feels with that. Yeah, shit. I, I think I think pre baby, I might have been like, "Oh, that's awful," but I, I can kind of like feel it now. I was I was showing my my wife Laura, empathizing. Yeah, For I any like, listeners that haven't listened to the Dave McCarryhan podcast, do yourself a favor and wind oh, back the clock. After it's, you listen to this it's one, incredible. Listen to the last yeah, one. it's incredible. I, you won't feel bad about yourself anymore once you fuck. You got no excuse. <laughs> Yeah. So as Ed said, we've had you in the office and it has been a welcome change because to be honest, for us, you know, yourself and your wife Laura have been awesome supporters of ours. Mm. We've sort of known each other for a little while now and you have both been really, really good sounding boards for different aspects of our business and it's kind of weird how you have come in at that, you know, the time that you have mm. because, yeah, we've sort of forged a really strong relationship but some of the conversations that we've had in our office have been really, really deep and they've gone for hours at a time. Yeah. But they've happened at times where we've needed to have them and yep. it's, it's been super insightful to have a, a different perspective. You know, I think you've yep. probably got a pretty good grasp of a lot of the, uh, the things that we do at Trademont and um, a lot of it's super close to you. Yeah, I, um, I, y- yours is probably my favourite business. Stop I'll be honest. It. No, no, seriously, I'm Mate, not. You got the podcast. I'm not fucking blowing. Sm- I'm not fucking blowing smoke. Yeah. <laughs> keep playing me. Are we signed a contract. This week to week, I've got to keep earning it. Now, um, I, I, I've done a lot of work with charities in the past. Um, me, me and Laura, obviously, everybody listening probably doesn't know we have a production company, and we started it because we did a lot of work with charities, and we want to funnel it down the path of working with charities, NGOs, and Profit for purpose and people with causes. It's like my our favorite thing to do. Um, and yeah, I just think the reason I love what you guys are doing is is it's so genuine, but also effective. You know, like it's re- like I, I, every time I come back into the office, you're like new milestone, getting this feedback. We've managed to affect this many people, and it's like holy shit! I, I, every time I go home. And the other reason I like hanging around is every time I go home to Laura, I'm like, fuck, I feel pumped. <laughs> like, like, these guys are fucking, you know what I mean? Like, feeding, awesome. off the, feeding off the energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it can, it, it can be hard when you run a business and things stagnate a bit and you need a bit of motivation. Like, everybody tends to watch Tony Robbins and Kevin Hart and all that kind of stuff. But I prefer to get turned to people I know. And you two, I think, are definitely... People who are doing well there. So. Well, that's Thanks, really, brother. that's really, yeah. Thanks. I mean, for us, I think for me particularly, I feel like, um, yeah, obviously we work hard, but there's, a, I don't know, there's so, so many aspects of this business that kind of just fell into place when it was yeah. supposed to, and obviously we're, you know, we're really driving hard behind it, but yeah, I don't know. It's a funny one because I 
sometimes things just happen. It's just like, what the hell? Because there's a lot of other businesses out there that are doing really good work or yeah. have their hearts in the right place that, you know, things may not have gone, you know, their way at different times. So I'm under no illusion that it doesn't just happen for, you know, a lot of people. I, I So I, I would argue it's not just happened for you. I think if I think back to the day I met you guys, I remember Laura came home and she was like, I met two guys at a networking event. You gotta fucking meet them. <laughs> She's like, they're I amazing. Her at that event, fucking fish burners. <laughs> remember that? She had, the, she had all her hair yeah. out. Like Laura to um, give um, an example of what Laura looks like. She's got this like brown complexion with freckles, and she's got this fucking hair. It's awesome. She's it's like a super frizzy. Yeah, she's yeah. a scouser. So, she's, so a unit. She's, she's half. So she's half. Her dad's Caribbean, black Caribbean. Mom is white, see-through ginger person. <laughs> Right, and it's this mix. Hybrid. <laughs> they weren't from that ad, uh, the tea ad. Oh, Twops, yeah. How wonderful. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No, no. idea. All right, I'm going to get the link up, to yeah. this ad on this thing because right, okay. it sounds exactly like that yeah. scenario. Anyway, she's like this clash in the middle. Um, but, yeah, she has she has Afro hair um, that I spend most of my life hearing about. I um, think your boy's got that hair too, doesn't he? Yeah, he came out with more hair than I do. Like, oh, I've got, he's just, fuck it, it's corkscrewing already. Um, but um, yeah, she she came home and she was like, was it a networking event? And everyone's wearing cocktail dresses, or like business attire, all that shit. Everyone's trying really hard. And she said, these two guys walking, <laughs> walking flip-flops, rugby shorts, <laughs> high-vis, <laughs> like, and just started mingling with everybody like, and everybody was kind of like, what are they doing here? Did someone let the uh, aircon technicians in? <laughs> so true. Yeah. We just don't give a just, shit. It's awesome. And, and, and yeah, and anyway, uh, and then I met you. I remember we went to a podcasting event. And, and this is exactly what I'm going to say about it. I don't think it's just happened. We went to that podcasting event. That's right. Which wasn't very good. But, That's um, right. Yeah, it I wasn't remember. Very good. I remember. It was all right. I, I asked you, that question. Room full of suits. Everybody's everybody's doing the whole corporate thing where they're trying to really. They're not there to actually learn anything or network. They're there just to show off, right? Yeah. Um, and the questions round comes in. And you fucking stand up in your, your high vis, and you're like. <laughs> what did you ask? It was about the analytics. Wasn't I was it? like, yeah. Um, how how do you do it? Yeah, I was like, this is probably wrong, but we use Wooshka. <laughs> <laughs> and is the analytics any good on that? And they were just like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> well, like, like, you're, you're not our crowd. But yeah. <laughs> to be fair, that was a question that we needed to know. Yeah, we need to know, yeah. I need to stand right. up and put my balls on the line for no reason. <laughs> Hit, right. So, so here's my point. The reason I'm bringing that up is I would love to know how many people in that crowd actually have a podcast now and then look at what you guys have done with this podcast. Like, but, and my, my point there is that, that you guys don't give a shit what people think. Right. So you just strolled in fucking, you needed to know. So you asked the question. The other thing is, right. Now the, the other thing, and this is, this is a serious point. Like you've put in, it's been consistency over time for you guys. Whereas I think lots of businesses tend to want quick wins. It's that like startup culture oh, of yeah. get investment and pitching all the time. And you guys just were like, I don't know, let's sell some shirts. And then when we've got the money, let's build on that and build on that and build on that. And then how long yeah. have you been in business now? Must since, be like two, since the 15th of March, 2018. 
So it must be, yeah, like two, two years, years, two years and five months. Yeah. Five months. Jeez, maths. Quick maths. Yeah. But, um, yeah, here you are. And it, it, it didn't just happen, right? Like, No, it didn't, but we were lucky. We were fortunate because from our backgrounds, we're both <laughs> – Working class. <laughs> well, that's who this podcast is for. Yeah, I know, yeah. but you know what I mean. And um, so we've always been like we've always been doers in the fact that all our work evolved around being able to start a day, not see something. By the end of the day, you could. So it's yeah, like yeah, my yeah. first job was yeah, working on cattle stations, and like you start in the, you know in the morning with five thousand fucking head in the, in the set of cattle yards, and hopefully by the end of the day you got at least half that. You know mm. what I mean? So you can see the progress. And then the same with building. I was like, you rock up. There's an old root like stuffed deck there. Yeah. You got to rip it up and rebuild it. And by the end of the day, you can see it. And we we've just always done. That's our where our, that's yeah. where our wins started. But that's what, yeah. But we've always built. We've always done everything like that. You know, not just through our you know products but also with the podcast like yeah. okay we just you know got the kit and then we're like right oh well let's just find someone to interview and then let's record it and then let's try and work it out to edit it and then you know what i mean rather yeah. than just sitting there wanting it all in one go going fuck right. we need ten thousand listens an episode but that just- started like you said it started for the show but it started you know when we we're working on job sites like we were working seven days a week for a yeah, long yeah. time we were working Goss. cashies like saturdays and sundays while well, they mates were getting up you know the piss we were at working saturdays Look, a lot of times we'd piss our money up against the wall, but there was a point in time where we got our heads together and we were like, well, why don't we just, if we're both going to work as hard as each other, why don't we just not spend the money? We'll just pull it up and we'll see what we can do. (laughs) And we started doing that and then suddenly it was like, oh. Let's see how far we can push this. But then it was like, oh, we've got five grand here. And then like he'd be out because I was the keep, you know. Yeah, yeah. Dan was the one. Dan was bookkeeping back then. So (laughs) I had to keep the finger on the pulse. You you know, where we are now, it'd be going, oh, you know. And we just started to build up this little kitty of cash. Mm. And it was like. Even just that in itself, that little win, starting to see those wins yeah. starts to give you the belief that maybe you can actually do something, you know what I mean, right back there. Well, we saved – fuck, we saved some money. 30 grand. Yeah. We saved like like a, a couple, fuck, are going to do very well to save mm. 30 grand, yeah. you know, in we're, the time we did. We were working hard. We were working, like looking back. So, we were so, working in. What, right, so – did it just happen? Like, no, because the, that's the other thing. Like when we started our business, I was working full t- Laura was working full time in a high pressure kind of, uh, like a, a, she was a state manager for a recruitment company, big hours, big stress, sales job, good money, but it was just mental, bad for her health. Um, I was an in-house video content creator for an education provider. So I was working full time and for six months, before we started our business, I was doing, I was literally getting up at, I don't know, 6, 6 a.m. I'm, I'm, I'm an early riser anyway. I was doing two hours, going to work, doing like eight hours, coming home, doing another two, three hours, and then doing both weekend days to build enough momentum mm. to the point where we could then go, all right, we've got clients, we've got money in the bank, and we're set for success. Now let's make the jump. Yeah. But most people chart, business success from when the business starts and, and it, it's not like it, it just isn't yeah you can get a website and a like an asic thing set up in a day and a half like right yeah it takes a lot longer to build a business in a day and a half yeah yeah but it's also everything that goes on before even before you get to that point, right? <clears throat> yeah but i mean the yeah the hard the hard thing is and we've talked about this a lot <laughs> is that the culture of um starting our business there's 
such a weird complex thing now where it's like, yeah, I've got a, a brainy idea like an app or whatever it is. Yeah. I've got to go and raise all this money to go and do it. It's like you need to start selling something. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, right, well, I mean, that that's a really good point. I think like people just forget that <laughs> they need to sell something. Well, a business is just services or products yeah, for cash. That, that's all it is. Yeah, 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 I know. The other thing for us is when we sold our first shirt, it wasn't, oh, we're also going to do a podcast and start a charity yeah. and start doing <laughs> trademark toolbox talks and do, you know, have fucking 10 staff. That wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> no. it. It was just, let's just sell a shirt. You so, know what I mean? And it's. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's an important lesson there, right? Yeah. And, and I think the important thing there is that if you would have known where you are now and used that at the start as this is where we want to be. You wouldn't have made it there. No, but we, yeah, we literally have never had a, a goal around anything like that. Have we? There wasn't. It's That's amazing. Weird. Yeah, they're, they're, Looking back. You, you are right. There was never a goal to like, yeah, that's weird. That but, is. It was always just the next thing. What's just, the next thing? Yeah. I, I, so I, I think, I think that, I mean, <clears throat> sorry, I think um, it applies to business. I think it applies to everything. I think that is by far the best way to get where you need to go. Vulnerability. I've got <laughs> putting you putting yourself out there, oh, like risking, risking failure. <laughs> I've got That's, a random yeah. thing. We've got to get a kettle in here. So what do you mean? Keep topping keep, up keep the, tea. the tea going. Keep the tea going. Oh, you, you get one of those that keep the temperature for like it just keeps it at the temperature. I just, just realised like another a, brew would be fantastic. Like old mate in um in China. Mm. We went to China. When we, went, we talked that story. We went to <laughs> check out. <laughs> yeah. We went to check out first um, batch <laughs> of shirts. Yeah. And we, what are we calling him? It's we not, call him Gao, but I don't know what his name was. We got, <laughs> we, it's just this massive big. He looked like Buddha, but he had hair. He did look like Buddha. <laughs> and his wife, he's he had this big teetotaling table that had this whole setup yeah. um, in the back of the room, and his wife was in the chair. Right. We were sort of talking with her, and then. This guy came in like he actually was Buddha and she upped and got out of his yeah, seat. She, she just bailed. He, he sat just down. Came in, he just starts pouring his tea and next minute we're smoking ciggies yeah, with him. And- <laughs> mate, well, he couldn't speak English right. and he, we couldn't speak Mandarin. So we're just sitting there and he's just like, it was this really weird, like it was an authentic tea table. Right. It was literally a table but it had a sink all built in it. So you just heat the kettle up and then right. you just tip it straight on top of where it was. It was all just there. It was incredible. Yeah, and he just kept, you know, we'd just be it was smoking these cigarettes. He gives me, I was like, mate, what are you doing? Mate, it was hilarious, yeah. But he, he was there chain smoking these durries and then he's just offering, and I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't think you did at the time either. <laughs> I'd quit. I'd quit I'd, I, like 10, 12 months before But we that. figured, you know. When well, in, we're in China. When in China. <laughs> when in China. <laughs> when in Beijing. And Buddha, and Buddha wants you to smoke one, well, yeah. you better. When a religious leader wants you to smoke, yeah. Mate, yeah. it was, oh, yeah. Geez, I didn't feel good in the car ride home after those durries either, my God. Yeah, plus I was eating gluten for about four days, so my guts were, yeah, not in, in a great bits. way. Yeah, I was in bits. How, how but, did we get onto that? Well, I was just saying that we need some tea in here. <laughs> yeah. We should have a kettle. Wait, wait, you, you you went into the deep stuff, and then he immediately no. Cut well, he out was going. To, he was. I just. Yeah. Well, no. You were just talking about vulnerability. Having a crack. It's like that's like <laughs> in essence what what it is like having you know a bit like at the time. And I always said to it, well, a we knew that if we were both doing it, well, you know, we were either both going to win together or both kind of fail together. But no. either way, it didn't really matter as long as we were in it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we literally looked at the worst possible outcome at the start and it was like, well, you know, we bought two computers and 1,500 shirts and we figured, well, the worst outcome here is that we're still going to be swinging a hammer and we're each going to have 750 shirts each to wear to work for the rest of our lives. That's your upside v. downside thing your mate talked about. You know what I mean? Like what was the downside? (laughs) Fuck. When you you actually think it through, it's never 
remotely as bad as you. And think. I never even owned a computer. <laughs> we went and bought two laptops, oh. which we got completely ripped off on. <laughs> yeah, we thought we had a deal of a century. But I opened my computer at the top of the stairs and like in a bit of an excitement and it popped out and skittled all the way down the stairs, like straight out of the box. That's why it's oh. never worked properly. Yeah, that's why I've got so many oh, tech issues. still the same one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate, we haven't upgraded. See, that, that's, what, that's what's amazing, right? There's a, there's a load of people who fucking technically gifted, they got all the sh- shit on that they think on paper is this is what makes success. And it's like, you guys weren't computer literate, never been to business school. I didn't worked on a trade site. But it wasn't. I could read a set of plans. Yeah. Right. Didn't even have a goal. And just by consistent effort over time, I've got where you need to go. But it's by showing up. No, no, 100% yeah. it is. Like if you just. It's by showing if up. You just keep. Keep doing the forward steps one by one by one by one. Yeah. You get there in the end. Day by day. It's also, the same thing like saving money. It's like yeah. all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to yeah save it all in one hit and losing weight, which I've just wrote a big thing about the other day. I was like, hmm. I was like, yeah, I want to be here, but you don't get there. Like it takes, uh, it, it takes months to see a physical change. Yeah. You know I mean? Like yeah. months of fucking hard work. And lots, like, and lots of sacrifice of no food. Because like, I was getting to the point where I was like, I'm, I'm, geez, I'm getting close to fucking giving in on this. I was like, for all yeah, this work yeah, I'm putting yeah. in. But then you get there and you're like, this is awesome. I'm staying here now. Yep. I, my, um, let me throw it around it. My, my family have issues around weight, have had. Um, and what I always say, what I always say with people who are trying to lose weight and are struggling is, Think about how long you've been overweight for, right? Because it takes a long time to abuse yourself enough to get to, for instance, oh. pe- people who are obese, it yeah. takes 10 years, usually from childhood, consistent pers- self-abuse with, yeah. with sugar and all that kind of shit to get to the point you want. Now, you're probably looking at the same amount of time on the other end to get back the other way, especially in a consistent way. that In a healthy way because you can't just <clears throat> fucking right. cut everything out. 100%. And that... That's true of anything. Like if you any change, and I think I feel like any change that happens anywhere takes consistency, effort, and time. Like if you really want to change anything, like for instance, your your bigger mission of your business, right? If you judge yourself after six months based on stats around um, suicides and tragedies, for instance, right? You're always going to be disappointed. You're never going to get there. Like it takes a long time. Oh yeah. Well, and, and you might never get there. But the point is, yeah, there's impact being made. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree one hundred percent. The thing that the problem is with a lot of these things, it's like yeah, um, food, for instance, that people don't understand just how bad some shit is for you. They yeah. realize it is bad for you, yeah, but not so much because like I used to fucking make a massive fruit smoothie and stuff after after a workout, right? Because I'm like, this is healthy. Yeah, fruit's the worst. Yeah, it's like, this is healthy. But it's not, like, it is healthy, but in proportion yeah. and in timing. I don't think it's that they don't understand how bad it is for them. I think it's for the most part that they actually just don't care. And, you reckon? Well, a little bit. There's a little bit of that, but there's also, I mean, if you talk about, you know, people who use food as a coping mechanism, yeah. that's what it is. It's all, yeah. It's like a drug. It's like any other vice that a lot of people use to battle or to to... Mm. Yeah, provide some, give them some ease through whatever they're going through. It's another coping mechanism, you know. Yeah, like, I know, but the and thing that's, and that's complicated. Like it's really yeah, complicated. when it's something when it's like something 
fully serious. But then you get you got people all the time that are like, yeah, I want to go on a diet, I want to go on a diet or whatever like that. Mm. And all these fad diets and everything, and fuck, it's just marketing. People are just like, oh, these fad diets. It's not it's just not that. You just need to remove portions out of your day and just limit your food intake. Yeah, I think – And make sure what you're eating is healthy. The, the, the reason you get there in the first place is and the reason you – struggle to understand what's right and what isn't is is marketing marketing right. fucks everyone right. up <laughs> milo cereal nutri-grain oh, corn syrup protein powder fuck. milo's the worst right so milo they, they my market, sustagen fuck they market, they market, we've hit a nerve but it's one of my nerves right so <laughs> they market there was an ad that came up for milo um it might have been in asia i was reading about and they created a condition that was caused by Milo to sell more Milo, right? And they called it energy gaps, right? No, no, I'm not, I'm yeah, not fucking yeah. joking. Yeah, yeah. sugar highs. You know, yeah, so riding it. Th- two in four kids have energy gaps in their day, right? Mm. So mm. give them a Milo when they're on their energy gap and Prop them they'll up be back where they need to be. But they got to the energy gap because they were drinking Milo. Milo. Yeah, <laughs> And it's hard because they pay experts and everything's backed up by... Mm experts and it's market so well you don't know mm. but then you're right the opposite side is when you're trying to lose weight it's a massive industry and all the marketing is take my snake oil again <laughs> it literally and, yeah it'll fix you right and in in six weeks you're gonna be thin whereas what you need to do is strip it strip everything back mm. to the middle mm. and just be consistently yeah averagely healthy and you'll Move in the right direction, but right? It's literally, I, I think, I don't want to go too long into food. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, it is yeah. a bit, but I, I I feel there's value to add here, so I'm going to I'm gonna say it. <laughs> Mate, you've got the microphone, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it comes back to the marketing thing too. It's like your fucking, your Gatorades and like all this sort of shit. Like you'd go for a run and I used to play cricket, like, but when yeah. I was a kid, obviously metabolism is burned through that shit. But even when we play T20, fuck, you just have a Gatorade or something like that and you think, yeah. oh, this would be good. You don't fucking need that shit. It's all just sugar <laughs> and it's just going to pack back on the calories you just worked off. You know what I mean? Yeah. People just don't realise. Even like um, Coke Zero Sugar and all this sort of stuff, it's just like, oh, my God, stop drinking this stuff. Yeah, yeah. If, if, just drink soda water, people. If Massive it, tip. And if you want some flavouring, just get a fresh lime or lemon. Give that squ- squeeze that sucker. Squeeze Here's an extra lemon. tip for you: put it in the microwave for ten seconds, not ten minutes. Ten seconds. Get a bit more juice out of that bad boy. Thank me later. Wait, hang on. So you put you put the lemon in put the put the micro- lemon in the microwave for ten seconds, then cut it and then juice it. You get heaps more heaps more out of your lemon. Oh shit! Yeah, mate. Got any other hot citrus tips? <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. <laughs> hang on. Here you go, Ben. There's a clip, a clip for, for you. you. Yeah. Nailed it. But we've got. Um, yeah, we've got we've got a, a bloke coming on later in the year to do a nutritional toolbox talk, so I'm pretty pumped about that. It's going to be good. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it's one thing that massively contributes to mental health. It does with mine. Food, fuck. 100%. Massive, massive. So it's, it's a huge, huge subject. And I'll be honest, objectively speaking, every time I drive past the site and I see tradies sitting around for a smoko, fucking Red Bull, Mother... Oh. Ice coffees, like you can see it happening. You're like, stop doing that, shit, boys. And, and, <laughs> like, what are you doing, mate? mate? I, I've heard of so many blokes that have got kidney stones from drinking fucking energy drinks. Wow, really? Oh, kidney yeah. stones, kidney stones, shit. just ruined you. Same with my um, my auntie is a nurse down in Sydney. Mm. He's about it all the time. The hospital's like young blokes coming through with kidney stones yeah. from drinking that shit. That's more, I think, a lack of organisation. Like when you're a tradie and when you work hard and when you need a quick fix, yeah, yeah. that's what's 
there quickly. You'd have, uh, we've yeah. all been there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that was me. That was me. We know, like for that's, that's years. yeah, that's not a um, yeah. Mate, have a have easy. a have a breaker. Have an ice breaker in the morning. Get that bad boy into you. Mate, that's like like thirty <laughs> teaspoons of sugar in that thing. Sometimes when you work, you know, and you've worked a big day, and you're like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. forming up, you know, no s- slab until bloody six p.m. because the truck's coming at five the next morning. And you get home, and you're on your way home. Like you know, it's Mate, so, there's nothing wrong with a double so cheesy. So hard to get all the way home without yeah, just yeah, yeah. Yeah. having a double no, cheesy. I, go, I, go, I completely having get a it. Double like, cheesy. Oh yeah, now you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Dan loves double cheesies. Yeah, but, but organisation is a big thing, and it's something I struggled with when I was a tradie. Oh, actually, yeah. I went through phases. I yeah, went through yeah, phases. Yeah. Like sometimes I was really good at packing my thing. You know, my my, my smoker and yeah. I'd make. Yeah, because you, or whatever, because you get through. a double kick because you want the food benefit plus you're saving the money. You're like, I'm getting a double win here when I pack yeah, the Yeah, you're saving the money, but then you get sick of eating the same thing all the time. 100%. And, you can, yep. and so you need variety. Yep. You need a good, consistent variety of, you know, easily achievable meals and things that can keep you going because if you get sick of it, it's just, yeah. Kebabs no. are on, boys. Lasagna. I'm not having any more I, may I, lasagna. I go there. The problem is what my issue is I gorge, so I eat a lot. And the problem is when I fall off the wagon. Well, you're a powerlifter, mate. You can eat. <laughs> I train a lot, yeah. But um, I, what happens is when I fall off the wagon, the mentality is, well, I better enjoy it and fucking fall all the way. And right? hook right fucking, in, yeah. And then get reversed over and go over again. And just, I'll literally go on a, and then on a it gets bender. in my system. On a food bender. I can't just have one piece of chocolate. Here's a story who for you. Who can? Like, who Fuck. the hell has no, ever no, no, just no. eaten one piece of chocolate? Oh, this is an on another level, right? I've, I don't know if I've ever told you this. Right? Here we go. <laughs> so we were, first time we came to Brisbane, we were staying with um, Laura's cousin's girlfriend in her apartment. And we, you know, goo pots, those like mousse things, oh, yeah. chocolate mousse. Yeah. Oh pots. yeah, the ones you mix the M&Ms in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wait, they'll, what? They'll change your life. Where are they? They're in oh, supermarket. Try one. I've just been yeah. talking about the health benefits. It's like a chocolate mousse. It's, and it's, it's a mugu, oh. isn't it? Is it called mugu? Is it? Yeah. yeah. God, it sounds good. I was Something never allowed one growing up. It sucked. But anyway. Um, Mum. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So they come in packs of four, right? There's, there's your big mistake. So fucking trouble. We have dessert, just me and Laura. Or yogo. Not like <laughs> mugu. <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> fucking, can you pull that up, Jamie? I don't know. <laughs> A, a, cho- a chocolate dessert, yeah. right? <laughs> and um, oh, yoga. So we we had we had two for for, for evening for our evening meal, um, for dessert or whatever. Okay, go to bed. Everything's well. Everything's. Everything's <laughs> right. no, this is fucking excellent. Okay, wake up the next morning and it's like a scene from. Have you seen it in like? gangster films where they wake up and they're covered in blood and it's fucking the horse's head, right? (laughs) Chocolate fucking everywhere, all over my face. I look like... (laughs) I look like someone just fucking splattered one in my face. And I get up and I'm like, what the fuck happened? Like, Laura was like, woken up covered in chocolate. What did we do last night? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I went to the fridge and... What had happened is I'd sleepwalked, right? <laughs> I got into the fridge and I'd just done this, like with a claw, got the claw out, clawed into the pot and just gone fucking like that. My and then God. gone back to bed, fallen back asleep and rolled around. And like, Gigi must have been fuck, the person sleep. we were staying with was like, oh, it wasn't even your house. 
Yeah, no, 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 it was her apartment. Oh, God. <laughs> like we literally just got to Brisbane and she was looking at me like, that, that's trouble. Was that the first night you stayed in a new spot? And he yeah. sleptwalked? Yeah, that's the last time I ever sleptwalked too was the first night I was went to boarding school at Churchy. Is the first, first, like the last time I ever sleptwalked because the years before that I had really bad sleep apnea. I just really? to, I was so worried about going to board, like the next boarding school, like going to high school. I was fucking freaking yeah. out. Looking back now, I didn't realise what I was anxious about. Sleptwalked horrifically, horrifically, right? Flat out. The last time I ever slept book here was the first night I sat at church. You just woke up in the middle of nowhere, just outside. I was like, this is weird. Fuck. Mate, it's the worst feeling. Waking up <laughs> it's, it's horrible, in a foreign it? area, you just, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> Hated that. <laughs> we got to ban that in the family. I like my, once um, my mum had to go and run after my dad because he was halfway down the street. This is in England, so it's <laughs> fucking cold. Right, it's fucking cold. No, no, right, my dad. Just imagine. <laughs> fucking, all he's wearing was a T-shirt, nothing else. Fucking naked from the waist down. Fucking walking down down the road. Like, she had to <laughs> literally go 200, 300 metres to go and grab him. Didn't even wake up. She just, like, lulled him back what into do you, bed. Do, they, do, they, do you do anything when you're asleep like that? Do you talk or anything? Oh, God. It reminds me of when I walked into my grandma, like, because I grew up living in my grandma's place. Ranny. She, yeah, Ranny. Shout out, Ranny. She won't be listening. She's had a knee replacement. <laughs> hey, she be listening. She can hear, though. She right? be listening. Love you, Ran. Yeah, we love um, you, Ranny. Yeah, no, nah, she um, used to take um, still knocks. You know, the sleeping pill? Oh, you yeah, heard yeah, of it? Yeah. Like a lot of Australian swimmers have been caught in oh, a lot of yeah, trouble yeah, 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 taking yeah. still knocks and it just sends you whack. Like you're wacky. There's a tendency to sleepwalk. Right. And, yeah, my, my grandma sleptwalked one night and she got into the white chocolate raspberry cheesecake that was in the <laughs> fridge. <laughs> but, the ra- but the raspberry, she's come obviously all over her face and it's just rubbed this raspberry all over her pillow and woken up in the morning and thought someone had been massacred, like <laughs> looked like blood. But then she's denying that it was her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't have been me. Like what's it's, going it's on? It's a set up. Like, Cause it's there's just up. no recollection of it happening. So it's like, she's like, it's how weird, the hell hey. is this happening? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Alana's cousin, my wife's cousin. He slept walked on his honeymoon off like a third story. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. What saved him, he hit a hammock. Like he got tangled in the no hammock. No way. It saved his life. He destroyed like a leg or something. Oh, but God. like, Fuck. could you imagine that? That's some like Looney yeah. Tunes way, shit, to, way to bring it back to, you know. Yeah, but like, <laughs> wow. because I, because the I dangers freak. dangers of sleepwalking. The dangers of sleepwalking, yeah, because I freak out whenever I go see my godfather at his place because he's on like the 23rd story at the um, – Gold Coast. Yeah. Right. And I'm always like, geez, I hope I don't sleepwalk and for some reason jump over that railing because that would be horrific. There's a weird thing with oh, – I get that with heights. Heights, don't you? But that's but not in a – not in a – this might, may sound really weird, but like the, this idea that, geez, I could – I could climb no, over. That's the fear of heights. I could people, climb over the other side. The fear, climb back. Yeah, the fear <laughs> of heights is the fear that you'll, you'll jump. jump. Yes, yeah. I heard that the other day. I was like, that is yeah. so true. Yeah, because yeah. like I'm, I'm afraid I'm just going to be like, this looks cool. But if if you get on top of a building, and look over the edge, though, you feel yourself going. So so you know what that is, right? You know what that is. I learned about this. <laughs> <laughs> I learned about this, people. Right? No, no. <laughs> Where's that voice been? <laughs> it's one of one of your fucking accents. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, so back in the day when I was at uni, I did apply sports science. Um, had to do a healthy amount of sports psychology. And um, it's probably a good lesson in this, actually. Um, so they train athletes to not ever internally vocalize 
negative language, even if it's a yeah, I think don't do that negative it. stuff. So um, the Michael Jordan one's a good one to go with. So if you're taking a free throw, if you think to please, like, don't miss. If you think don't miss, your body hears miss. Your, your, brain, your brain interprets miss, right? And it has that effect anyway. So they try and retrain athletes to say, you're going to score, right? Don't, don't, and it just goes along with, if you, if you, if you think through the negative, you're, you're forcing yourself to the negative. And the idea is when you're, when you're at a height, you're thinking, God, I don't want to fall. And your body is subconsciously taking you there because all it's thinking is fall, right? Mm. And, and it's that positive mindset. You, could, you can't, and the, the best athletes don't even comprehend Losing. failure. Yeah. They, don't, they don't even, it doesn't even cross their brain. That reminds me of a Carl Barron skit that he does about even his mum used to send him down to the shops and she'd oh, yeah, be like, right. yeah. Carl, can you go down and... To the corner shop and grab me some eggs and whatever you do, don't drop them. Yeah. Just drop, <laughs> them, yeah, drop, yeah. them, drop them, drop them, yeah. get run over. Like, yeah, all that shit. The, so. the best thing out of that um, Michael uh, Jordan documentary was that quote that he had when um, it was like, why why worry about a shot uh, that I'll miss a shot from I haven't taken yet? Like why worry about yeah, missing yeah, a shot yeah, I haven't yeah. taken yet? Yeah. so fuck. I was like, I've never heard anyone articulate it like that. It's, it's true. Like why yeah. would you worry about something you haven't tried yet? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. Yeah, but like how many in the – if you think about a game like basketball or football or whatever, how much, you don't have that much time to think about it. No. Like oh, a free free throw you do. A free throw is different, yeah, sure. And like a penalty, I suppose. Oh, yeah, mate. Now that I think of it, there's conversion. heaps of time to think about yeah. it. Yeah, good one. Good one. Yeah, but it's <laughs> a, so it's, it must be only those times where you've got the the opportunity to stop and think. But, but that yeah. – that, so, so – You think um, about how many times a, a bloke on a free kick in soccer fucking miffs it. Look yeah, how big those goals are. It, it, it's all all in his head. That that's the amazing thing about sports psychology. Not John Aloisi's head. He got that sucker in there. Aloisi, <laughs> he'll have missed a few. He'll have missed a few. You no, got his so, shirt off before he kicked it. So so the best the best <laughs> the best psychological mantra you can follow for doing it. To, for, to be honest, for doing anything that you're you're trying to achieve is the the Nike slogan: "Just do it." Yeah. Right. That that's that's the key. So I'm not massively well versed in basketball. I'm a casual fan. But from what I understand, LeBron James is bad at free throws or relatively bad at free throws. Right? Yet is by far and away the most talented basketball player currently playing, right? But when he's on his own and he's had time to think he overthinks it. That was my that was my problem as a footballer, circling back to the football. Like I was in my own head. Nothing was instinctive. It's and I, hard to get I out taught of myself out, out, of out of everything. But that's what everything stems from. That's where people dig themselves into big holes is because they fucking, with their own mind, like it's their own worst enemies, like burying themselves yeah. into a position. Sort of goes back to the where we started with talking about our business. It's like just fucking have a crack. Just do it. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? But it's not just business or sport. It's all sorts of decisions. Yeah, everything, but, you know, that, everything. but something I like – you know, because we were talking about it, the um, oh, we've talked about it a lot. Like people are always saying, like they're always on, they're always on. Because like, what was it? It was Monday, man. I Monday, there was no reason for me to be off on Monday. Like I could yeah. not put my finger on what was going on on Monday, but I was not on. Like I was just, yeah, You're I'm probably br- missing your wingman. 
Yeah, well, that's what Corrine said. She's like, you're missing Dan. I was like, no, no, I'm not. Probably. No, I'm not. Um, but it was really weird. And I was just like, I, like I just went home. Well, I went to went to the grocery store, got groceries, came home, and I just, yeah, just vegged out. And, like, I just yeah. could not put my finger on why I felt down. Yeah, but you don't need to. I know. Like, I know. I but sh- when I was in it, I was like, fuck, I was pissed off at myself. I was like, fuck yeah. this. I was like, why am I feeling like this? I've got no reason to feel like this. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I had a shit-ass day yesterday. And I went home last time. I was just like, well, housemates were like, how's work? And I was like, to be honest with you, I feel like I was a complete passenger yesterday. Yeah. And it's fine. Like, what are you going to do you know you can't be yeah i just think it's important for people to realize that it's okay to have a shitty day yeah or a couple of shitty days you know yeah or, or a, or a sh- shitty year shitty year well everyone's like Fuck, it happens there's a lot of it going around at the moment and i think of this course. is yeah. potentially i don't know i always felt like things that were currently happening in the world like were as bad as it's ever been like I remember thinking yeah, but when that's the media. It, no, 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 no. But I mean, like when September 11 happened, for instance, I was like, "Fuck, this must be the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of the world." Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Not, not the world wars or Paul yeah, Potter no, and no, no, like exactly, that. Exactly, because you haven't lived through it. You got no yeah. comparison. But like currently now, like this is feels like man, this is a shitty year for so many people. But it's also a really sobering one, I think, because so many people are in you know a shitty situation together. Yeah, a hundred percent. But the, the interesting thing, I remember I read. Um, a stat oh, a few years ago now, probably three or four years ago now, it was saying that um, through the last decade, it's been the least conflict worldwide in history. Yeah. Like, like yeah. the least. The, there's a book, and I can't remember the name, and I can't even remember who wrote it. There's a book out there. Oh, the, it's, it's out there. It's got pages. It's got words on it. Uh, the, the, the fellow, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. I can't remember his name. Anyway, he was a he's a scientists of some kind, he specifically wrote a book that collates all the information on why today is the best time in the history of the world to live as a human being. Because, oh, yeah. because the problem with media and marketing is that negativity sells mm. and travels faster than positivity, unfortunately. And recency bias is a bad thing. And you get hit over the head with, because we're all so connected now and you can I know what's going on in Egypt for some reason and all these random countries, right? Whereas before you just had your own little village or whatever. And it tricks you into thinking that the world's a shit place, mm. but it's never been better. Never been better. Even through, even through COVID, like it was worse when the Spanish flu was going around. Black and death. Yeah. Fuck it, like shit. It, fuck it, it's, it's obviously it's awful economically and people are, have really been hit by it and everyone's suffering, but it only feels like the worst time ever because we're in it now. Yeah. Right. You got to remember that this is the best time to ever be alive. You know? Yeah. It's it really a cracking is. time. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Fuck. Imagine not being able to, I just can't understand how people used to meet up with mates. I'll be there. I'll be there at 5 p.m. before yeah. phones. Like, and then, then, you, then you write a letter to your mate, Steve. It's like, I've really fucking stiffed Johnny this weekend. I've told him we're going at 5 o'clock. No one's going. And, and you always have that, like, you get there first oh. and someone studs you up and you always have that how long do I wait moment where you sat there like a fucking idiot. For like yeah, 45 minutes. You wouldn't do that to me. I've really, I've really been making a point for the past, I don't know, maybe about a year or so. I haven't really talked to you about this either because it's not a big thing. But when you're in those moments, like if you're going to the pub to meet someone or anywhere at all, you're waiting, 
don't pull get your phone, phone out because you feel yeah. awkward. Because it's just like it's yeah. okay to be to be on your own. It's okay to oh, fuck. Nearly had butted the microphone. <laughs> it's okay to be you know in your own space yeah. there for a minute. Like you don't need to look like you're. You've got mates, you know what I mean? I, f- I feel like so many yeah. people pull their phone out when they're on their own just to look like they've got this big life that they're, oh, that they're, that they're you know, dealing with. I don't Hell. think so. I, 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 honestly, I think what it is is compulsive. If you look at anybody ever, like you go and get a coffee, right? You order your coffee. It takes 40 seconds to come, right, if you're lucky. Jeez, and people mate, you got a good barista. Amazing. Yeah. Or Macca's coffee. Macca's coffee, yeah. There you go. Fuck, you get an instant, whatever it is. But even if it's like 30 seconds, you'll see people take a step back, phone out, and it's compulsive. Yeah. I don't even think they, people don't even know they're doing it, right? No, like, but can you just imagine how bad, um, you know, people's ability to converse with one another is going to be in like 20, 30 years? It is going to be. Not if we get enough bloody trademark shirts out there. <laughs> no, seriously. Fuck. Yeah, it like, is. It is, it is a scam. Scary, scary yeah. thing to think of. Well, like, I, um, I just had five days away. It was supposed to be four, but I stayed Sunday, Sunday night, went camping, me and Lily and a couple of mates. Awesome. And I made a conscious because you know what, my phone has been taking a toll on me. Yeah, like, it does. The, it it's, does. And it seriously has. But I mean, adding a couple of other, you know, extra dramas that I've had lately, it's just been too much. And I switched my phone on airplane mode on Thursday morning when we left. I told my brother, I was like, because yeah. I knew mum would be worried if she tried to contact me. I told my brother, I was like, if mum calls you, freaking out that my phone's off and she thinks I've bloody, you know, died, yeah. just tell her I'm just cut off <laughs> until Monday. And it was the best thing I did. And I did it really like I stuck to it. I turned it off airplane mode a couple of times just to play Spotify tunes, but that right. was it. I was not, I yeah, just, yeah. yeah. So, and it was the best thing I did. I didn't realise how much I needed a break from that bullshit. So you need to look into, um, Setting up your do not disturb. So I, I went with my therapist. I went with my therapist. So I, so I went and saw a therapist. I had a breakdown a few years ago. We'll gloss over that. No, we'll talk about it. But um, no, and I'm extremely receptive to all this information. Um, and I'm one of those. If a pin goes off, it sits there in my brain and it just throws me off. Whatever you I'm can't doing. do anything until you, yeah. And it caught. And anyway, so what? What I. So a few things I did. I'm not on social media at all, uh, apart from LinkedIn, just to participate in the business circle jerk. Um, <laughs> kind of, okay. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> Where everyone just tries to prove they're amazing at business and no one is. Um, but yeah, I have that professionally because a lot of my clients are on LinkedIn. Um, removed myself from social media because it was offering zero value. Um, set up a load of WhatsApp groups, Okay. This will change your life, by the way, right? So when you when we started and Facebook came out and everyone was going mad, it was because we could connect with friends and stay involved in friends' lives even when we weren't there. Oh, this is so yeah. No, right now, now, now it's just obviously it's just a platform that churns content to sell things to you. I'm sorry if you're listening to this on Facebook right yeah. now, but but if you go through your feed, it's just ads and then lots. Of, it's very little about connection anymore. So what I did is. The other, the other thing is it drives your behavior. And if anybody can do this, have a look at objectively the things you do because you're going to put it on social media. And and it, it's a, it, for a lot of people, it's a lot of what they do, right? A lot of people only go certain place, order certain food, meet up with certain people 
um, so it can go on social media, right? And it goes out to a lot of people who don't give a flying fuck. I'll be, I'll be honest. And but they think they give a fuck. Right. And, and it, it, But the algorithms trick you into thinking that. It's, it's there to be addictive for that reason. But what I did is I got all the friends I care about, close friends who I actually converse with, not Dave, who I used to know at school, who licked the battery in year eight. And fucking, like, do you know what I mean? All these fucking, and now- it's still buzzing. <laughs> yeah. And now he works in Coles. And like, I've got nothing. I won't want to keep in contact with that person. So I create them into actual groups. And I know if I've got something to say that's relevant to them for our group, I put it into that group and they receive it directly. And I receive- feedback on that thing with that friendship group. Mm. There's no fluff. There's no, I'm not trying to prove anything to strangers. Mm. And what I've found is I stopped trying to prove anything to anybody because my real mates don't give a the shit. Fuck. So what happens is so I've, got true. All, I've got all these groups and we throw- This is a clip. So no, no, we've got- we, we, well, It we was, just, but you ruined it. <laughs> we, just had a, we just had a kid, yeah? Yeah. So we share pictures of our baby with- people who actually care about it. We have like a little family group and they're all like, yes, we want to see babies. So we're not spamming people. Um, and that's a good way for them to stay connected yeah. around the subject. But I've got other mates who are like, can you stop sending the baby pictures? Just fucking stop it. Like we're not interested. But it also means I, I have genuine conversations in those groups. The other thing is, and here was another turning point. We, um, we had a friend who had a baby a couple of years ago, and this is what drove my wife to quit social media. It had been six weeks since her best friend, one of her best friends from school, she's got a group of like five or six best mates. And it had been like six weeks since she had a first kid. And Laura was like, I'm not, I've not spoken to whoever it was. Um, and I think I'd give her a ring, right? <clears throat> gave her a ring. Oh, hey, how are you doing? I've not spoken to you. And her her friend was 100% like, yeah, we have. We've spoken heaps of times. And it wasn't. It's because your brain can't differentiate between seeing a picture in a feed and having a connection with somebody. So mm. her brain had tricked herself into thinking she'd spoken. They'd actually spoken. But they hadn't. They'd seen each other's updates in a feed, right, and not had a conversation. Mm. So that is – I was literally just about to ask you about that. Because do you feel as though you have like I'm a phone call guy? Yeah, as in yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah, well, yeah. I don't have to ring this dickhead as much anymore, which is good. But like, you know, I've got a couple of mates, you know, two or three mates. Yeah. Like Uncle Greg's nearly a daily phone call. Mm. Um, Maddie Lindsay, like he's like yeah, maybe once every couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. But like those conversations are like meaningful you know what i mean like you sit there yeah. and you have a genuine conversation everything else on social media most of your other mates it's just like that like you just seem to see what's going on you know what and, I mean? and, and you only sort of call if you haven't seen something i think well you don't call you it just kind of hovers around your life and you're aware of what they're doing but yeah but you don't really do you right and, th and this is the point so i my best mate um been my best mate since we were little kids he was best man at my wedding one of the things I did when I came out from the therapist is I realigned all of my relationships because yes. they were they were fucking way off. I didn't realize it. So we, we were best mates since forever. We never had a real conversation about anything that fucking matters. 
Yeah, honestly, seriously, like we, I, I was, therapist was like, so what do you talk about? And I was like, we're, we're both pretty deep thinkers. So like philosophy and shit. We're not like <laughs> philosophy and shit. <laughs> No, seriously, yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> not, yeah, not that deep. Him. But like we, we talk we talk about like deep shit, but not about each other. Yeah. So we'd have these long conversations and none of it was about and I and I thought back and I thought, I had a conversation about okay, what's going on over here when I'm having a really shit time and I've not said anything. Yeah, you're not talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So oh, I, yeah. I, I I called him up and was like, mate, I had a breakdown. Mm, straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a breakdown. And we never really had that conversation before the vulnerability. What do you mean he didn't know you had a breakdown? No. But no, because this is, and the, this, here's the problem, right? With mental health, nobody wants to tell anybody. And the best thing you can do is tell everybody. Everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. So I um, I called him up like, look, I had a mental breakdown. And he was like, fuck, okay, what's happened there? And, and I've gone back to, no. <laughs> that was quick. That was just responsive. No, but to him it's like, didn't know at all. Mm. So I've gone through it. And well, you it, must be okay because you're sitting here, right? You know, yeah. so that's what he's thinking. Yeah. And um, we had a long, 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 long discussion about what's happening and he gave his opinion on it. And then, you know what happened? He was like, well, since we're going there, fucking here's where I'm at. So he's having like relationship issues and he's had run-ins with the past, never knew a thing, known him all my life. So we now have this relationship where- It's open. We, you know what? We don't talk. Sometimes it'll be three months because he lives elsewhere, obviously, not in Australia. Well, we might talk every three months, but when he calls me up, it's yeah. like, mate, I'm struggling with this. I don't know what to do with this. And we'll go for fucking five hours and I'll come back with, here's what I'm struggling with. And it's amazing because like, and, and the more you do that, the more you can kind of lighten the load, you know? Yeah. And it's been amazing. Yeah. Hundred percent. How many people do you reckon are in, like have mates and relationships like that where you know they don't actually realise that it's not as deep of a relationship that it maybe is? Yeah. You well, know, like and all like lots. I, I know I find like most, I'm yeah. probably I feel like for the most part I'm kind of on the opposite side. Like I'm quite open with people from the get go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too open. <laughs> as soon as you <laughs> come on in, boys. <laughs> <laughs> But as soon as you do it once, you immediately like you like you just said you did it once, and then it was like bang, whole new, Flutters. whole new dynamic yeah, yeah. of relationship. Yeah, and that's like proof's in the pudding. You know what I mean? Like it happens yeah, across the board. Well, he 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 recently had um, problems in his marriage, and had basically didn't know what to do. Did you explain the canoe theory? Please <laughs> tell me. We've, we've gone Fuck over the, the canoe, canoe theory, theory several so times. Good. But anyway, he basically was like, I'm going to get a flight. Can I come stay with you? And I was like, mate, of course. He came stay with us for three weeks, chilled out, relaxed. We spoke every day. I know for a fact, pre having that conversation, he would have never come. He would have just been on his own, fucking dealing mm. with it. And who knows what would have happened, right? And, and I think a good acid test... Um, someone was who was on your podcast recently who spoke about this? Where Lockie Stewart? No, no, no. Mad Boys. Mad, Mad Boys. But yeah, he said a really good acid test, and I did this. Is um, it's really important who have a few really close people, but have a think. How many of your mates, if shit hit the fan and everything went wrong, who would you actually call and say, "Can you help me?" 
And I remember doing that exercise and realizing there's no one. I, I like, I, there's no one, not even my wife, you know, who, who I would have in little bits, but I wouldn't have complete vulnerability, right? And gone, you know what? I do not know what to do. I need help. Like asking for help. And I think everybody should do it. And mm. pretty soon you'll realize because you need, you need three or four of those. I would, I would say at least one, like you need at least one, right? Yeah. Um, well, I was just reading a question, doing a, um, a bloody interview thing from a magazine, got a, a wedge of questions to answer. Yeah. And one of the questions was something along the lines of, do you think older men find it harder to open up? Mm. And it got me thinking a lot because it's like, well, is there an age, you know, is there an age sort of barrier that prevents people from opening up? But I kind of think that it's just from a different generation, older people may not have practiced having these kinds of conversations. So yeah. it is harder for those Mate. people to open yeah. up. But oh, if anyone practices doing this shit, like just cutting the bullshit and showing vulnerability and yeah. telling as many people about their struggles as possible, you just get comfortable you get better at it it becomes easier and i think that's why and so that thing what i saw was is it older guys that struggle to talk it's no i think probably a lot of people no matter your age maybe just it depends ha- yeah. haven't practiced haven't tried it haven't done it before it depends you know? on exactly who you are and, and how you've been raised and stuff like yeah. that like yeah. my grandfather big gaz he'd be listening like he's going through a bit of stuff at the moment but like he just love you not gaz grumps He's the best. Grumps and possibly watching. But like he's so um, stoic and doesn't want to um, let anyone know that he's going through any pain. The strong silent type. Yeah, but like, but that's that's yeah. how he is. And yeah, like he's just a strong, proud old man and that's just how he is. And he doesn't want to let anyone, uh, you know, worry or feel like he's a, you know, in trouble or burden, like he's just, he's just a, like he's just rock solid. You know but what I mean? Don't you think now, like obviously Gaz is a different situation. He's, you know, how old's Gaz? 80, 81. Got that. Whew. So that's proper that generation. Top, but top, top ender, yeah. Yeah, top ender. Doing well, Gaz. Um, almost as good as my innings, 55 or uh, 15. <laughs> I know he liked that one. <laughs> like how many times have I heard that? Yeah. But um, no, this was just, no, this is a new one, mate. Oh, right. But um, yeah, now I completely forgot what I was going to say. Our generation. Yeah, well, now it's when people don't – when you see people who are all sort of caged up and not willing to show vulnerability yeah. or talk, it's so easy to tell. It's yeah, so yeah. easy to tell when someone's yeah. got their guard up now and it's not something you'd ever make fun of or ever ridicule anyone for yeah, that yeah. because they just haven't got to that point where they're willing to open up. But I think now more than ever there's a thought of – I know I certainly have it. It's kind of like, oh – You'll, you'll get there soon enough and I hope you do. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you, I, I kind of think you're not fooling anyone here, you know, least of all yourself, but you'll get there eventually and I hope you do. Have you seen – do you watch that show Billions on Stan? Have you seen it? Have no, seen but that? I know of it. No, all I seem to have seen is ads for fucking yellow stone. Stone, yeah. No, fuck. I haven't watched that. Billions. I've been, I just started watching yeah. it. Um, it must have been, yeah, about three weeks ago. And um, there was a really interesting um, quote in that show, it was um, a, she's a psychologist, yeah, yeah. and uh, she's like, sometimes I'll let the car crash happen, like metaphorically, like yeah, I'll yeah, let yeah. the car crash happen yeah, yeah. because I'll be there to help them, but they need to go through it to learn from it because no matter what yeah. I say, it means shit. You know what I mean? And it is so true. That's why, as in, like yeah. you, you sort of need for for people to you know have 
hit the rock bottom, which we always talk about, but still just, just know you're there for them. You know what I mean? And I, I would, so I'm not alone. I think everybody says this rock bottom was the best thing that ever happened to me. But, but, because I came to terms with the shit that was holding me back. But what was your rock bottom though? Like how, describe what that is, um, you know what I mean? Like what is that? Oh. You know what? I probably didn't hit rock bottom. Like I don't want to. So no, no, it was your rock bottom. What was it? Come on. Yeah, it, and it, that's the thing. And, you, you know, yeah. you may hit another lower rock bottom, but so yeah, yeah, far yeah. that was but, rock bottom. But I think, I think people associate rock bottom with uh, suicidal and st- stuff like that. So I just want to qualify that. I don't. No, no, no. It's not that. It's, but, it's just where you where you had to push off from. Right. So. Um, nice one. Yeah. <laughs> don't wink at me. So, so, so the best the best thing anybody's ever done for me in my life was my wife forced me to go and see a therapist, right? Mm. Uh, Anybody listening, if you've not seen a therapist yet, even if you're mentally well, go and see a therapist, right? It was the, it was the greatest thing I've ever done. I went, how many, I'd had six appointments. That was it. Never been back. And it changed my life. I completely agree. People should make it their business to see a therapist when they are mentally well, because that's the best time that you can understand how it actually works. Uh, No. Yeah. Because also when you're mentally well, it's easier for them to go, do you realize you do this? And here's how we can tweak this rather than trying to put together the Mm. car again after it's crashed. Right. But anyway, yeah. So what happened was, um, I had massive amounts of anxiety and stress um, work related and from life as well. I wasn't getting where I needed to get. I was frustrated. Um, and I was caught in that paralysis by analysis cycle of, I know where I need to, I know that. Yeah. That really bad space that people get in when they go, I know what will make me happy. Right. Which is the worst thing you can possibly think. Right. Because one happiness is temporary. It's not a, it's not a consistent thing. It's mm. a, and it's a contrast-based thing, right? Um, the bigger the contrast, the bigger the happiness. But it, a lot of people go with, and I did, I'll be happy if this, I'll be happy if I have a different job. Or at that time I wanted to do video and photos, right? And I was stuck doing admin work. I was like, if I could just be there, I'd be happy. Um, and it affected everything because it just seeps into my personal life because I was just moping around. I'm an overthinker. I internalize and it was affecting my moods. And, and, um, also on that, I'm, I'm actually a creative person. I'm awful, absolutely awful at high detail admin work. But for some reason I was working in logistics and accounts just because it's an office job, right? And you just kind of go into whatever I just found myself there. But the amount of stress it was causing me to maintain that job was horrendous. Like, it, this sounds ridiculous, but I'd, I'd have to psych myself up to go into work. And every time that my phone rang, because at, at the time I was working for a small business and the business owner, um, it was still, as you know, with small businesses, it tends to be not nine to five and not, nothing set in stone, still working it out. And I had a quite high pressure manager, business leader, who would call me up and be like, so what's happening with this and what's happening with this? And I'm somebody who's not massively precise and I'd overlook things quite a lot, mainly because in my head I'm telling myself, don't overlook it, don't overlook it, and you, you do it, right? So every time the phone rang, I'd get like, a, you know how you hear about people who have debts and they're scared of the mail because the, they don't want to get the, the, the overdue letters and the, 
I got that with my phone. Every time my phone rang, I'd have a mini panic attack worrying that it was this person ringing me up saying, where the fuck is this? Like you've missed this and you've not done this. And it was, anyway, I was like, we were driving into work, me, me and my wife. I was going to drop her off. And I just said to her, I was like, fuck, I, don't, I was going on about my day. And I I was just like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't move. I can't, I just can't do it. And, and then, and then what happens is you override yourself. You talk yourself out and you're like, no, nah, you know what? It'd be all right. I'm just going to fucking go in. What am I moaning about? Like, get on with it, get on with it. And Laura went, right, okay, I'm going to have to call time now. Like we're driving to the doctors now and we're going to go to the GP. And for anybody experiencing mental health issues, Australia is amazing in that regard in that you can go to a GP, no questions asked. They'll ask you a set of questions to judge your mental health in terms of anxiety and stuff. And I obviously scored quite high I wasn't on the self-harm side but I was on the anxiety disorders and it was really affecting my life and right then and there he gave me a mental health plan I got 10 massively discounted therapy sessions for a therapy of therapist of my choice I could go and find one um, I think I paid in the end something like 60 bucks a session um, and yeah, it was it it was the best thing I ever and I the therapist pulled me to pieces and I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Like I had a lot of baggage that I didn't realise. It was insane. Um Yeah, that's it's good though, isn't it? Like it's amazing how they can um start a conversation and tap into some 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 you know pretty well, pretty deep stuff, isn't well, it? Back to your car crash, right? I I think I feel like it's their job to let you crash, but then kind of hold you with a velvet glove. Yeah. Um, just be that. when you, it's like when you, um, it's like when you throw Aussie around when he gets a bit older. It's sort of like you catch him right near the ground, like oh, <laughs> right. safe, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? It's just like that. Yeah. It's just like oh, I nearly yeah. dropped you, but I didn't. But but he, he kind of needs to get close to the ground to realize. Yeah, to realize it's like, oh, the ground, shit. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, he literally did that and just slowly pushed me over about six sessions as to what why I was getting in my own way. Because it's an irrational. It's the other. The end of the day, it's just a fucking job, right? It's just a job. No, that, nobody was, cares. Was it all based around the job? And like, like obviously, there's you know deeper no. stuff potentially. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah, a lot into, But it was like that. That job was just that breaking. The, the job was what I was focusing on. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I had, I had yeah. bigger problems. Fear of failure. Back from when I when I played professional that sport, you didn't maybe quite understand, but you were able to use the job as the scapegoat for everything at the time. Yeah, and. and it, a lot of I think a lot of people do this. They they pick the most obvious thing to change, and that's the thing that's going to change everything. Mm. It's and a fix it. You have to change you, and then everything changes. And, and, and there's no yeah, way. Yeah, because you're it. the centerpiece to all of it. It's not all shit. It's just your shit. Which is which brings us kind of all the way back to the stuff we we're talking about with food earlier. It's like the diet stuff is great. You can try and go on diets, but often there's a deeper reason why you're, you know, using mm. food potentially to cope. And it's not 100%. until you can tap into that stuff that the diet even has a chance of fucking working. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, like, I, I was an Personal opinion, obviously, but... I, I was an overeater as well. Yeah. <coughs> so the, the, dis yeah. the discipline I learned from... The, because the other thing, good thing about seeing the therapist was he didn't just go, okay, let's get down to it, have a cry. That's what's wrong with you. He actively gave me tools that I use every day like every single day 
start my day the same way. And he gave me tools to work through. What's right. some of those tools? Um, so the, the first thing is start to take control of your environment. So anxiety in my case was from a lack of control. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Um, I'm, I'm a stuff problems down, head under the covers kind of person. Don't address things. Don't do conflict. Um, don't raise things. So what happens is if, if everything's in your blind spot and you keep it in your blind spot, you're constantly worried about being hit by it constantly. And that's how anxiety builds, right? That, that was my issue. So what you have to do is do little things to take control of your environment. Um, I get up early. I, I used to get up when I get up. I started getting up at 5.30 a.m. on the dot. Not because it's good to get up early, because I chose to get up at 5.30 a.m. So I start the day with a conscious decision of I'm doing this, right? And then it goes from there, like, people do cold showers, right? It's not because a cold shower is fucking nice. It's the horrific. But I'm making the decision to get the cold shower, right? And then I'll go and exercise. Nobody wants to get up at 5.30 in the morning and do a training session. I don't care who says it, right? but you force yourself to do it. And then over the day, you do lots of these and you stack them up. And one thing the therapist told me is discipline breeds discipline and ill-discipline breeds ill-discipline. So if you start loose, yep. you, you're yep. on a negative on the scoreboard. Right? That's another Boise thing, right? Win the morning, win the day, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, tr it's, it's true. It's so true. And because like, like Jordan Peterson, I remember I watched this um, – clip of his the other day and it was he was just saying you need um you need a schedule everyone needs yeah, yeah, a schedule yeah. right it can't like you can't just go to bed at any time and you can't no. just wake up at any time you can on a holiday but fuck for your life you cannot do that because you are just going to set yourself up for <laughs> fuck-ups because yeah. you just get yourselves in bad routines and everything's out of yeah. whack so setting a like a bedtime and we've spoken about the um, bedtime app on your phone do we finish that that conversation where you started with the bedtime thing? Because that's the best thing ever. The bedtime, bedtime app is Bedtime will change your life. You know bedtime? Oh, no, you don't have an app. No, no, it's not the app. It's just a setting Bed, on your, on bedtime. your, on you your just iPhone. Set, you just set it on yeah, your yeah, iPhone. Like, what time do you want to go to bed? And yeah. what time do you want to wake up? And it says, okay, you're going to have nine hours sleep. Yeah. And it'll give you half an hour beforehand. Put your phone into flight mode. Uh, not ah. flight mode. Night mode. No, yeah. Do not disturb. Yeah. Do not right. disturb mode. And then... <laughs> um, that's it. So literally I'll be sitting on the couch, like I'll go ding, 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 8.30, like perfect, sweet. I'll just, I'll just get up straight to the room. That's it. And then I'll just either read for half an hour or I'll just <laughs> go to sleep. And yeah. I wake up 5.15 every day, every day, every day. Change my life. Yeah, the bedtime app's the best. I use, so, it. I use it a lot and it's good. I'll read you my, quickly, my do not disturb um, schedule. So, yeah, I've got... Business do not disturb. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 6 p.m. to 8 a.m. the next day, nothing gets through. No, no emails. Is that an app? No, that's just that's just in in the that's just. You can set app. a schedule. Oh, that's it. You can, can do, you do that, that on, on, a, on bedtime app to, on the bedtime yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so Mate. I because the other thing is I know at 4 a.m. if I get an email, yeah. I'll be like okay. So and then and then weekend all day Saturday and Sunday gone nothing. So I didn't and I make a conscious effort to not check. Ooh. How do you change that? That's what I've got. Mate, I'll, I'll talk you through it. <laughs> you know. I want, but, I want but a yeah, This isn't action. a show you how to go to bloody bedtime podcast. It's just, a, you know. Well, it's everywhere. Helping the people. Helping me yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And the only thing that gets through during those times are phone calls 
and text messages and those WhatsApp groups. So I know when I get a notification, it's somebody who actually wants to talk to me about something that actually matters. Yeah, Everything, Nothing else gets in. Agreed. That's so yeah important to disconnect from these fucking devices. How bad? It's toxic. How like your parents on Facebook? Yeah, your mum's yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Do you have you noticed that they're just on the fucking thing all the time now? Yeah. Like my mother. I have not gone out for lunch, had a dinner. She's like, I'll go get the phone out and take a photo of this and send it to I'm like, Mum, fuck, please. Come on. Let's just get, put the phones away. They're, they're, they're it not, is so bad. So so they're, they're not – they would never ha- – they never had a childhood that prepared them for how addictive this shit oh. is. Like we've had a little bit of desensitizing. We know what – they've had like a shot to the arm with it yeah. and they just – so – there's a business there's a business that's Brisbane based and they're massive and they just run content for over fifties. Mm. And they do like content holidays, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. all this kind of stuff. What's the name of them? <sighs> just just curious. Something I know fifties in the name. I can't I can't remember. Doesn't matter. But but anyway, th- there's a crazy stat that 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 of the active users on Facebook or it might have been people who the most easy to market to is all that boomer generation. Like if you want people to spend money, aim for them because it's, it's, it's yeah, it's so weird because I like even dad, like I've had mm. dad, like I haven't seen dad in months. He'll just fly into Brisbane and then he's like, like I'm, I'm sitting on the couch watching the footy. Like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, nothing. You're just sitting up there on his phone. Yeah, like, but what are you doing? You got to understand they were pretty late to the party. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, your yeah. parents, just that boomer generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, they, I, they, I, they, I understand, but I think that there's a major problem with that demographic and phones. Yes, major problem. Well, there's a number of problems with that demographic. <laughs> phones yeah, are one of them. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's 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 weird though, don't you think? It's just sort of swung in the other way. Because, because five years ago they were saying get off your phone. Now they're on it more than you. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, so, so the, 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 I have lot, nothing to add. No, we could, we I could go, just, we could go. I agree, but I, I've, I don't, I don't we, think we've been any better at times, you know? No no, 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 we definitely haven't been any better, but it's just surprising to see that those people that had nothing to do with it are now as addicted, if not more to that. Yeah. But they also, if you see the way that you talk about, you know, my mum, your mum's on Facebook, whatever. If you see the way they interact with each other. Oh, it's completely different. It's yeah. even a different way it of is, interacting. Yeah. They actually interact in, in quite a, what I would perceive as a kind of a genuine way. <laughs> yeah, like, like Matt yeah. Blank takes a piss out of it. Love to the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they write, like, they're not. They're like know, little personal cards that are, are written. You know? My grandma, 95, she's on bloody Facebook. Ranny loves it. Yeah, she, but she's like, but she'll write a Facebook post to, you know, the cousins or whatever, any time yeah. it's a birthday, but she'll write it like a letter. It's hilarious. Dear such Amazing. and such. <laughs> Amazing. Know. I love it. But, but it's gen- it seems to be a much more of a genuine way of using but, it than what we do. But one of, one of my worries is, you know, the lost ability of transferring information from generation to generation, right? Like that's something that I worry yeah. about. Well, that's not, when I say worry, it's just like something I'm aware of going to the future. I'm just like that's going to be not interesting keeping to up see. at night. No, but it's just interesting. Just to think, you know what I mean? Like when I was growing up, very fortunate that my folks were like, you're never having an Xbox, you're never having computer games. You yeah, just yeah, yeah. Fuck, you live in the outback, you've got a horse, a motorbike. And a gun. And a gun and you just drive around <laughs> shoot shit. No, seriously. Mate, it was, was awesome. awesome. I had a semi-automatic gun when I was like seven or eight driving around doing water runs with a dog, <clears throat> mate. It was the legit, right? But what I really cherish from those moments is that, you know, we'll, like, we're on a – like a little station, 
dad always had a few staff. Every night we'd have dinner and it was like, you know, the Jackaroos or contractors or whoever worked yeah, with yeah. dad, mum and dad, my sister and I, we'd sit there and we had to sit up there and have dinner with everyone yeah. and communicate and listen and like hear stories from the day. And like, that was awesome. You know what I mean? And when Nan and Pop would come, same thing. Like they'd be telling stories and you'd have to sit there and listen. You don't see that now. You like go to a restaurant and it, like it sort of pains me in a way because I'm like that poor kid is sitting there on an iPad because it's easier for mum and dad to like give it to him than for him to have the shits and sit there and listen and learn something. But he's, he's supposed to, for development, have the shits. So, I mean, we're going through this at the moment. It's like at what point do you just take <sighs> the easy route? But I I know you guys talk about this a lot, but this I think this goes back to the whole campfire thing, right? Like we we learn by we process all information by telling stories. Oh man. But, yeah. So, I so love this. I love this. This, this is how we transfer information. Oh. That has been true. Fuck. I, I remember when we, we, me and Laura went to Darwin, went up to the NT and we, we went and did Kakadu national park and stuff. And you go and see, um, the Aboriginal, mm. uh, well, anyway, the, this Aboriginal, um, elder was talking us through the process and he was like, there's levels um, I think it's called Ubeer. Yeah, it's called Ubeer, the, the rock formations. And there were levels to it when you get to the top. And each level had different story on there that was a level of education. Mm. So what happened was when you get to the first level at a certain age, you're ready to hear this story. And it was, it was literally, now, yeah. and this is where you see the fish. And you get to some point, and this is where you see the fish, and it's got, they've got all the parts of the fish in there. And it's showing you how to get the best out of a fish to eat a fish and how to hunt. And um, there was one that like the first lesson they got was around crocs, right? Because crocs were a problem for little kids. Don't go near waterways and stuff. And they, they had all these stories that they would tell in front of the paintings to, to show these kids. So they'd learn. And that, that has, hasn't changed that honestly, that hasn't changed. The problem is you've got to think who who's telling, who's telling the stories mm -hmm. now. And unfortunately, I think with kids, and this is the thing with TikTok, right? TikTok's a thing now. <laughs> Brands who are trying to sell things are telling the stories, not the people who, it's not, it's not genuine. And I'm not saying, I am aware that you guys, like obviously sell clothes and stuff, but you have a genuine message that you're trying to help people with. Nike aren't, Nike are influencing you. And these companies, and they, yeah, the, yeah, 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 and the kids yeah, yeah. are digesting their stories from their their tablet, right? And it's not the parents doing it. No, right? but I think you know one thing I've always, um, I've not been envious of, but I've been like, that's really cool. Is like you know, like Lebo families and stuff, like Greeks, right? Mm. Like they all they stick together. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean, yeah. they have family businesses, and like yeah, they blew and stuff, but they work it out. And there's a hierarchy. Yeah. You know what I mean, like. Yeah. Grandparents are in charge, parents, kids, you know, grandkids. Like that's just how it – yeah, yeah. there's a hierarchy and a learning and everyone eats together and they all work it out. Whereas the, you know, the Caucasian, we just have kids, breed them to a certain point, try and piss them off as early as possible. Mm -hmm. Then the folks go off, live somewhere else. They, you know, try and retire, whatever like that. You just sort of – we sort of just kick them out the door straight away. Yeah. Whereas they're not like yeah. – building that really strong, healthy lifetime community. It was of, like the what, the story that Glenn Azar was telling us about um, the families and communities in PNG. Yeah. And how they still just live together, 
every generation. Yeah. And then when kids get to a certain age, you know, when they become adults and then they start to shack up with, you know, the women or whatever and form their own families, the rest of the village builds them a, a hut, like builds them a house. It's like, oh, well, these guys need a house now. We'll, we'll all... That's, yeah, that's community. This yeah. is what we do. But that's what's missing. A well, major link. Well, yeah. I, I think that answers your question about... Um, the kind of the boomer generation, I feel like really sorry for that generation because oh they've got all the houses, <laughs> seven yeah, each. They've got they've got money right. Yeah, yeah, they've got all the stuff because that's what matters. Have right? you ever thought about that driving around suburbs and think who the fuck owns all these houses? Yeah, true. Anyway, continue. But um, they're they're they I think I feel like they're a generation unfortunately sandwiched where the generation before had extended family living together and the vulnerability happened within the family unit. I, I think that was more of a thing. And I know that's that's true of other cultures. Everybody looks after everybody else. And, you know, the the, the, the nagging the stereotype is the nagging Jewish mother. You know, have you, you heard that, right? Like like constantly asking, are you warm enough? Are you okay? Do you want yeah. more food and all? Like, but Sounds that, like mama. Right, right. But that used to be... Always to, caring about whatever other people are doing. And that used to be like, like a, a little group and everyone yeah. lived together and that would happen. And my father's generation was the first generation where you had isolated mom, dad, kid families, and you see the grandparents twice a week. And then also it's a problem now where we don't look after the grandparents when they need help. Yeah. We put them in a home and then we put the kids in a fucking nursery so we can keep working. And it's like, it's so bad. It is so bad. When you look at it, you think, what are we doing? Like, But that's marketing again. <laughs> well, there's lots of money in it. That's it. It's like, yeah, well, I yeah. need to go and work because if I don't work, I can't bring the income in. And if I don't bring the income in, I can't put the kid into childcare. And then, you know what I mean? It's just like far out. The tail is wagging the dog. Yeah. Like, what do you, where do you go? What do you do? It's a tough one. The stories you talk about, like the stories with Indigenous culture, I think we can learn so much from. Like, 100%. Like, I think yeah. it really pisses me off to a degree, you know, that. There's all these debates and, you know, all these different conversations that we have in this country, right? And I don't remember learning oh, a single story about, yeah. you know, Aboriginal culture at school. And I don't know why. Like that's because, something well, that we're going, you're going down a very yeah, political no, no, but, party. But, but, so, but this is, it's not like, so I guess my point is like that is a, that's a culture who have just done the best job of passing down stories from generation to generation. Uh, not writing it down. And we're talking stories from like fucking thousands yeah, of years. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's insane. Yeah. But I think it's really, we could learn a lot from, you know, the, commu you know, the style of communication. And even when it comes to mental health, and like you said before, yeah. you were stuck in a place where you didn't want to tell anyone about your breakdown, but really the right thing to do is fucking tell everyone. <laughs> like yeah, that's the yeah, right yeah. thing to do. Hi, my name's Ben and I have mental health issues. <laughs> like sh strangers, anyone. But, but, but that's that's the first step. You know, we're always talking about closing the gap, reconciliation. Nothing's going to change until we're educated. Nothing. That's why when we did nothing, we did a recent um, talk for Oswater, um, Oswater, and it was at a um, at the convention center, and there was no audience. It was, like yeah, it was 15, a live stream, fifteen hundred room. Yeah, live stream. Wow. Very interesting. And there was a fellow there, Derek Oram Sandy, who did the Welcome to Country, and yeah. it was yeah. on LinkedIn, yeah. No, uh, and it was the best yeah. Welcome to Country I have ever heard, and it was yeah. this fella. Just spinning yarn. Talking about um, Balimba. It was awesome. Talking about Balimba, but he was talking about northern suburbs of Brisbane to the west, out to Ipswich, yeah. Toowoomba and south, and he was talking about the all, river all, connected. all the waterways connected and where it all – and what it means to 
Aboriginal, you know, Aboriginal culture and how it all comes together around Balimba, which is the the heart of Brisbane, and it's actually shaped like a heart from yeah. above. And it's like for him to tell that story about their connection to water, and one of the big things that really stuck with me was they understand how the water flows and they understand yeah. how it all comes together and where it all ends up around this heart of Balimba. They understand it. They never try to control it. They understand it and they work with it. Right. And I just thought, man, there's so much metaphor in that with <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> so many issues and things that go on in our lives and things that we try to control. We don't understand ourselves. Control. Keep we it. don't understand ourselves, let alone, you know, mm. sort of anyone else. So how can you, if you can't understand yourself, how can you sort of work with yourself, you know? 100%. I, 100%. And, and it's always been, it's always been something that's mystified me. And I can't really talk because in in the UK, we learn about World War Two and we learn about the Romans. We don't learn about colonialism like whatsoever, right? You just fucking, you just brush that off. Um, but if you look at, What's really obvious is if you look at New Zealand, I'm not saying racism doesn't exist because it fucking definitely does. It, it exists everywhere. But they make a conscious yeah, effort, effort, even at the government level, to celebrate uh, the Maori culture. Like, like it's it's woven into, even the language is woven in as much as physically possible. And here it's like, I mean. It's just I, not a, it's just not it's a part non, of day-to-day. Non-existent. But you think about it. Could you imagine the outcry? Could you imagine the outcry if the Wallabies had, like, they were just announced, right? Just announced. Wallabies have got to go out and they'll pre- perform an Aboriginal dance before, you know, the next test match. There would be a fucking outcry. The one thing in the world, like, you don't even know, have to know what rugby is. Yeah. Everyone that's got a TV or has read a newspaper knows what the hucker is and knows yeah, how yeah, yeah, sacred yeah. it is. Like, that's what's wrong you know, in this country from a cultural standpoint, we have fucked that up so bad. But coming from it being Caucasian, you know, males who I wouldn't have a fucking do? clue where I do? come from. I don't have a culture to celebrate. I'm just, you know, like... Mate, we, Isle, like of, Isle of Man, I think I'm from. Yeah, but it's the like... The Rosses. But I just... And I want that, you know what I mean? I want those stories. That story from Derek made me want more of that, you know, like why don't... Because like, it's fucking cool and it's like... This big thought I have is one of my favorite things to do ever is to stand around a fire. Yeah, 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 yeah that's the best. Yeah. Standing around a fire, telling, spinning yarns, shit, telling shit, stories. Yeah. What is it? Is it this country? Is it something in Australia that, that we just like that? It's like, well, hang on. Fuck, there's a culture that's been doing that here yeah. for yeah. fucking thousands of years, dancing around fires and telling stories. And it's like, is it? you wonder why as Australians we like that? It's because it's in our fucking when, soil. When we were, well, I was working um, in South Australia for oh, about six weeks. We went down there, my um, yeah, cousin got a lease down there on this property and we had to go down and do this big muster. Anyway, um, myself and a couple um, of the Indigenous fellows from the community where we used to work, we went down there. And it was freezing, like middle winter, like central Australia. It was like yeah, negative yeah. six degrees some mornings. It was fucking grossly cold. And um, I'll never, <laughs> never forget, we um, we were waiting for the helicopter to arrive from Alice Springs. So we're like, I oh, will sit around here and start a fire. <laughs> and me and these other couple of jackaroos were there. We've just got this fire and we've lit it up and away it goes. I've looked across and Dion was this old black fella and he was a legend. 
and he's he's standing behind us and he's he's made this little fire and he's like sitting around it. And I remember he just looked over at us, he goes, You white fellas are mad. You make big fire because you're cold and then run away from it. Us black fella make little fire and sit around and get warm. Oh, <laughs> mate, I'll never forget that. Brilliant. It was just like he's, and yeah. it was so true. It was like, you dickheads have gone over there, built this thing, you do not need it like that. You just need this little fire and you can sit around and do exactly what you wanted from it. It was yeah. just so it was yeah, I learned a lot that day. It was There's great. Something I think we, you know, I want to tap into somehow and it's that power. Of storytelling and it can be inspired by a culture that's inhabited this land for a lot longer than we have and i think if we did more of that and got better at doing that you, there's so many social kind of issues that but it connects everyone there. it is but that's all that's all it is it's a sense of community and belonging yeah. and spinning yarns together so we don't do that enough and it goes back to the social media shit we were talking about well we we, we, we do we do because everything's relayed by story, but we're outsourcing it to people who are trying to make money from it. And it's it's true everywhere in the world. It's, honestly, it's true everywhere. I just think mm. it's a human thing. Mm. It, it really is. Like, um, if you go to the pub with your mates, what? how does the conversation go? And it's always like, man, I've had a shit day. This happened, Work. this happened, this happened. Well, have you heard? And you can even go all the way to like, what? what is religion? Like religion is just there's a fucking big book full of stories mm. that you're supposed to learn lessons from. We could debate religion all you want, but if you're learning anything, it's through. You, obviously, you can do the facts and the figures and the stuff, but I, I'm bad with the stats. But um, there is a stat somewhere about um, memory retention of if you tell a story that adds context to yeah, a statistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Massive amount. Yeah, but of that's what the um, I saw this thing. It was on SBS. It was about people that um, it's insane memory tests, right? Yeah. So they they have these huge competitions. So I get like two A four pieces of paper with I little numbers, saw that. Yeah. right? And this bird can like literally, she's like the world champion. She'll just read it through, just mixed numbers, right? Yeah. And then that's it. She'll just shut it up and she can recite the whole thing to someone. I hate and those she, people. I hate those people. But <laughs> she she said, and this is exactly mm. to your point. She creates a story through, through each number. So and each number represents something and then she will actually create that. That's the same thing with um, remembering people's names, you know. When Mind you, blown. When you're, you're supposed to affili like, um, affiliate something with their name. D, like, Dan, uh, Dan, Dick. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Knuckle. Well, fucking Ash no. Ashmole's a bad one. Fucking yeah. my name is a bad one Ashmole. for that. Ashmole. No, but that's true if you if you sort of uh, you know if you associate that person's name with a feature or a hat, like yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going there again. Yeah, go on. No, go no. Where we literally have got to go to this next podcast. Oh, fuck. How long have we been for? Oh fuck. Standard. Yeah, yeah. It was great. It was yeah. really good. Uh, well, we covered a lot there. You're the one editing it, mate. So you know, fuck. still oh, work shit. for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mate, cracker of podcast. I think, I think we like we didn't even touch on heaps of stuff. We might have to do it again. We might have to I do it again. I love that. that was you fun. know the beauty is that it's our own thing so we can do what we want. So, yeah, if we want to have another one, let's do it. That was a laugh. We do us, will you do us a package deal on editing your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure. Love your work, mate. And, uh, yeah, we'll do it again soon. Thanks, boys. Thanks. If you're a fan of Trademuts 120 Grit podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at admin at trademark.com.